What is my truth? What do I really want? What is important to me? What do I actually need? Hey there, y'all. Welcome to Woo Woo Bible, the podcast where we ditch the dogma so we can connect to something greater than ourselves. My name is Dylan D. Money King. I'm a spiritual life coach, board-certified hypnotherapist, and lover of all things mystical, magical, and miraculous. Let's dive in. Hey there, y'all. If you are new here, well then, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. And if you're coming back, well then, welcome back. It's so nice to see you again, or sort of see you talk to you. Anyway, I am glad that you're here. Today's a really fun episode. It's really one of those things that lights me up, and that is combining astrology talk with Bible stories. And TBH, that's just one of my favorite things to do. Um, So let's just hop in. So first things first, the solar eclipse happened on April 30th. So, okay, it's it's been a few days, but you know, if the planets were only affecting us for like the one split second that everything was in perfect alignment, life would be really weird. Like imagine having five minutes of one particular intense energy and then it just goes away. Maybe that does happen to you that's totally fair. It kind of reminds me of The Sims. I've been playing The Sims 4 a lot recently, and that's kind of how they how they roll. Like, they'll be literally so angry. Like, you can get so angry in The Sims that you die from anger. That's my Sims talk. Um, but this is different because this is real life. It's not a game. Um, <laughs> sort of. Uh, but the, <laughs> the eclipse is... A little more interesting energy. Um, it can make a bigger impact. And you know what? Honestly, it the best thing about all of the things that we talk about here, astrology, the gospel, Reiki, like it doesn't even matter how much you take it as fact. It matters more what little lessons you might be able to take away from it. And then just leave what doesn't serve you. So if you don't care about astrology, if you don't care about the eclipse energy, that's cool. Um, Just take it as a really cool cosmic metaphor. So today we're going to look at John 21, 1 through 19. And um, I'm just going to try and do a brief little summary. Uh, The disciples are dealing with Jesus's death. So, you know, the whole cross thing happened you know, you got to remember, he might be like this total spiritual baddie and kind of, you know, exalted from a lot of our perspectives. Even if you don't think he's super special, he is special to a lot of people. Um, But these guys, they knew him as a human and as a friend and a teacher. So they are really in the depths of his, of their grieving process. Um, So like a lot of us kind of do when somebody we know dies, they kind of go back to their normal routine. Um, The like before Jesus normal, before they left their lives normal. Um, So they go fishing. At first, 
they're not catching anything. Um, but then Jesus shows up, you know, as he does. This is the third time that he's shown up, that three number, such an important number in all kinds of practices. I'm not going to dive super deep into it here because that's not really what we're talking about, but it's just really fun to pick up on the little numeral things that uh, show themselves in these kind of stories. Um, so they're not catching anything and Jesus shows up and he says, hey, y'all cast the net um, over to the other side of the boat. So they do and they catch a whole bunch of fish. Like it's super overwhelming um, and they eat breakfast together. And when Jesus pulls Peter aside and he asks him three times, see, there's that number three again. Um, so he asks him three times, do you love me? And every time Peter answers, you know that I love you. And he gets more and more upset every time that he gets asked this. Um, so then Jesus says to him, you know, when you were younger, you fastened your own belt and you went where you wanted to go. But when you get older, you're going to stretch out your hands and someone will fasten your belt for you and take you where you don't want to go. And then he simply says, follow me. So let's, let's break this down a little bit. First, let's talk language. English is, uh, limited. Um, so I'm going to be the first to admit that there are problems with the Bible. Like, um, it, it has a lot of problems. Um, one it's written by people. So <laughs> literally this whole passage, um, references John as the disciple that Jesus loved, but this gospel was written by John. So like, okay, John, I see you. I see you. I see what you're doing there. The disciple that Jesus loved. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, <laughs> and two, things get lost in translation. Um, either people put their own spin on it when they're translating, um, or maybe they have their own agenda. Um, or like in this case, English just does not have the right words. It, it just doesn't. Um, so in English, as you may know, um, maybe it's your primary language um, or um, you uh, have learned English and noticed this um, if your language doesn't work this way, um, but we just use the word love for all types of love. We love a certain book or TV show. We love our family. We love our friends. We love to cook or play music. Um, we love a certain artist. We love our significant other. But those love have those loves have um, differences, right? Uh, we probably, maybe not always, but probably don't love cooking the same way we love our family, and we probably um, don't love our friends the same way we love our partner. You know, we have different ways that we love things, people memories, events, places, but we just use the same word and we leave it up to interpretation um, or, um, you know, connection for other people to understand and interpret what, what we're intending to say when we, when we say that. Um, it's not a bad thing to love people or 
or, you know, cooking <laughs> um, differently. Um, they're just different types of love. And we lose a lot of that nuance in this specific translation because of that simplification. So every single time that Peter is saying, you know that I love you, he is using a root word of philia. You can think like Philadelphia. That's like that brotherly or friendship love. But the first two times that Jesus asks Peter if he loves him, he uses a version of love that is um, agape, which is like a selfless, unconditional love. It's kind of like describing um, the way that God loves us and the way that humans love God. Um, this very, very big love. And the third time that Jesus asks, he shifts the way that he, he shifts the word that he uses. He uses the word philia. So these pieces are really important. And they really add a lot of context to the story. And here's why. So prior to this, you know, during the whole crucifixion thing, that whole mess, that whole debacle, Peter had denied even knowing Jesus previously. He said, nope, don't know that guy. Mm-mm, no. It would be really easy to take Peter and make an example out of him. I mean, look what Judas has become. Um, he's very much in a lot of circles made to be this terrible, terrible guy, which that's a whole nother thing, a whole nother discussion we could have, a, have um, but that's not what we're talking about today. Jesus could very easily present him to the group as like, what not to do. This guy's a terrible person. Look at this guy. He failed. What a failure. He should have known what to do and he should have been on my side, but he wasn't, was he guys? Mm -mm. Look at him. It would also be really easy for Jesus to just not budge, to say, nope, you're going to love me on my terms and my terms only. And if you can't do that, then GTFO, man, I don't want to talk to you. Get out. But Jesus doesn't do any of that. Okay. He pulls Peter aside. So this is like a private conversation. So he's not putting him on display in front of the group. Um, he's not mocking him or making an example uh, out of him. And he doesn't even talk about, hey, man, what was that? You know, he doesn't doesn't mention any of what happened or demand an apology um, or any of that. And when he asks him, you know, do you love me with the agape version of love? And Peter can't can't do that. He can't, he can't respond with that agape version. He can only respond with the philia, the, the friendship, the brotherly love. Jesus doesn't keep grilling him. He doesn't 
say, you know, you got to get on my level, brother. You got to get up here. He, he meets him where he's at in that moment. Because Peter's reality is that he's just not at that point. He's just not ready to be that selfless, unconditional love. He's still in this season of his life. And Jesus meets him there. So eclipse energy. Astrologically, this energy isn't something that's just popping up out of nowhere. A lot of planets move real slowly. So things build up. So the vibe for a while, and you may have felt it to varying degrees, and you may be starting to feel it more intensely now um, in the past couple of years and building up even more in the past um, you know, few weeks really coming to a head here, has been asking ourselves, what is my truth? What do I really want? What is important to me? What do I actually need? Peter's truth in this story, his reality, is that he's not at the point of agape love. It doesn't mean he'll never be there. The last time that he tells Jesus, he says, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Peter is where he is. And he doesn't try to mask that or cover that up. He just speaks his truth. Now, like I said, our eclipse energy here, we've been slowly cooking this vibe for several years now. And now the eclipse energy is kind of turning things up a notch, kicking up the flame, turning up the heat. And this eclipse, it's kind of spicy, opening up an opportunity to bring us back from where we have strayed. So even though part of Peter's journey was always to quote unquote stray, like he was going to deny Jesus and Jesus knew that. Another piece of Peter's journey is to come back, to be a very important figure in this ministry. Also, just a fun little side note is that one of the resources I like to use when um, looking at what is important to me is like, um, evaluating your values. That's a tongue twister. Um, but values is very Taurus season, which is what we're in right now. And a good tool for that comes from, um, Brene Brown's book, Dare to Lead. Um, she has this whole list of, um, values, which is just great. I just did an exercise on that and even released a hypnotherapy, um, supportive session, um, to my email newsletter about it. Um, super good. So out of, out of curiosity, I went to look when that was published, when that book Dare to Lead was published. And it was actually published in 2018, which is sort of when these astro things started to move into motion. So that is a little interesting tidbit for any astrology nerds out there who enjoy looking at some of those little cycles and how they start to play into our reality. So Back to Peter. Jesus also tells Peter that eventually he's going to go 
where he does not wish to go. And this is interesting. It does make note that this is specifically a reference to Peter's death. Um, but it's also a nice little illustration of how sometimes we have to surrender control. This eclipse is a really good time to think about that because we can we can get caught up in trying to manifest or pray for very specific things or have all the plans in place to make things happen. And sometimes that's just not it. I'm not saying that like manifesting or prayer um, or even asking for specific things is like bad. Um, but there is a time and a place for letting go and allowing, you know, for in this specific thing, allowing the belt to be tied and being pulled where maybe you don't want to go. Letting go is, it's not about feeling helpless or doing nothing. It's about realizing that you don't have to do everything and that you don't have to know everything and that life is going to throw you curveballs that are sometimes full of joy and sometimes full of sorrow and honestly sometimes both and a lot more but if you take anything away from this story take this you are universally and cosmically and divinely supported on earth as it is in heaven, as above, so below, the magic of the divine is not something to be left separated from us, not something to wait around for until after we're dead, not something to be earned, but something that is cascading down into our everyday lives, reaching us where we are at. And we too can be like Peter, imperfect, screwing up, straying away, but coming back in the only way that we know how. And that's enough. That's everything that I have for you today, y'all. I hope that your eclipse season shows you something beautiful, that you have a wonderful day and a fantastic week. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. So slide up into my DMs on IG. My handle over there is at Queen of Grit. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please like, subscribe, rate, share it with your friends, share it with your enemies, turn them into better people. And if you're looking for support on your own spiritual journey, then check out my one-on-one -on -one coaching program, Selfish, a trauma-informed sacred container for folks who are done being sort of themselves and want to finally live lives that are completely and wholly theirs. 
I'll drop the link to that in the show notes if you want to grab more info. And until next time, y'all, stay mystical, note the magical, and embrace the miracles. Bye!